This episode of the Good and the Bad and the Geeky podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash goodbadgeeky. Audible.com. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Warning! The podcast you're about to hear is very filthy. We say naughty words you would use as an adult anyway. It will cause you not to eat your vegetables and your mom generally thinks it's a bad idea. Any moment of the show that has any similarity to the history of any person living or dead, real or fictional, to real events are entirely unintentional and coincidental. Unless we're specifically noted otherwise in the cast and crew credits, all celebrity voices are impersonated and no celebrity has endorsed any aspect of the show. D4K Studios in Columbus, Ohio. It's the good, the bad, and the geeky. Hey everyone, welcome out to the good, the bad, and the geeky episode 173. I'm Nick Nitro, along with me as always. Jump team. And? DJ me. And uh, we got a very fun episode, Jerome Wetzel TV. Uh, it's sort of a, a two-part episode. It's... Uh, uh, we're doing season finales and other new shows that are premiering. Uh, we'll probably be talking about Girls and Apartment Twenty, The Bitch in Apartment Twenty Three, Heart of Dixie, and much, much more. So we'll get to that after the break. But uh, for those who want to know, we have a few things to plug. Uh, first off, if any com- anything you hear on the tonight's show, six one four three six four four zero eight eight. Why am I coughing now? I don't know. You are speaking a lot. You're not <coughs> properly hydrated. I, apparently. Can someone give up? I'm going to drink the water. Yeah, sorry. Uh, voicemail us at 614-364-4088. Or you can email us at goodbaggeeky at gmail.com. Or Twitter. Yeah, goodbag. Yo, you just said that, didn't you? Twitter, goodbaggeeky. No, he said uh, email. email us. Email. Okay, yeah, you can also Twitter, and we'll read it on the show. We'll do it in a section called Mailbag Day, where we read your comments and, and, and thoughts and everything like that. Um, but uh, Saturday, June 9th, it's important we plug the shit out of this. Saturday, June 9th. Um, at July. 8 o'clock, right? 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock. 8.30 is when the doors open. Oh. 8.45 is when pizza will be served by, by Todd's Pizza. Oh, God. And, um, yes. <laughs> and, uh, <That> shit house. <laughs> <laughs> bring your tums. Bring, <laughs> yeah, yeah, bring your tums and bring your ability for yums. And uh, look at that, that, that fucking rhyme. There, there's a shirt right there. It's like, uh, yums full of tums or something. No, I don't know. But make it work. I think it's going to be good. I think we can sell it. Okay. Um, yeah. But we'll have uh, prizes from Bill Lawrence, creator of Scrubs and Cougar Town, Mark Guggenheim. Tums. There you go. Certain yums require something. That is, that's a fucking <laughs> shirt right there. And uh, but it's only ten dollars to get in. Uh, if you order online, it'll be a few bucks more just as general service fees. But at the door, it's only a dollar more service fee. But all ten dollars of all the proceeds go towards uh, American Cancer Society. So that's really cool. And uh, it'll be the three of us bullshitting, doing our normal shtick. Um, and they can win prizes. And they can win prizes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which which will be really cool. And uh, <laughs> like, I really want one. You really I think do? it's bullshit they get stuff because they pay to come. <laughs> I really do. Like, I'm just going to say that. Like, if somebody gets something I want, I will probably kung fu them. Wow. And there's there's some pretty good I stuff I will judo chop or ninja chop if yeah, I Yeah, I mean, to. you guys are seeing it right now. That's mm-hmm. a pretty big stack of books. And some of these are hardcovers, too. They're not all, like, yeah, they're not all paperback. Cool. And they're yeah. signed by Mark Guggenheim. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, my God. Was that his name? Yeah. 
Yes, Nathan. Good. I was confused if I said should say Guggenheim or Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg. I, that's Facebook. That's I Facebook. picked the right one. Oh, Facebook. Yeah, you did pick the right one. Yeah, you can also make sure you follow us on Facebook. That's right. We need more followers. Facebook.com forward slash GBG podcast. Hey, I know. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, listen to the last episode. It's uh, it's pretty awesome. And uh, <laughs> like what you did there. Thank you. I thank you. I, a little callback. And uh, so yeah. Uh, Surprised you remember that from a week ago. I know it's amazing. My memory is superb. Just that good. I was trying to think of a good word, and yeah, yeah, it your only came out, it only came out one, 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 one syllable. Your brain died. Work well. Okay. So yeah. Uh, so it's ten dollars to get in. Go to Bang Geeky Live, and uh, and Jimmy will be there too. So we'll did you all- say the place? Oh, thank you. I did not. Pack Rat Comics. They have an art gallery there called the Rogues Gallery, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, so yeah, stop on out. And, oh, Hide Your Tigers, they do the theme song. They have a few new tracks on their Facebook page. For the details on that, check our show notes. And um, that's all I think we need to plug. So we'll, we'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll have uh, uh, season finales, another TV talk with uh, Jerome Wetzel TV. we stupid. <laughs> No matter what you say about us, this is absolute lunacy, folks. And no matter how you say it. If someone says conversate, it is not a word. How do you like this crazy show, honey? The show is a disaster. We have got to put a stop to this, folks. Remember, remember, we encourage it. You're not conversating with me. You're either conversing or you're communicating. TalkSuperstation.com. Well, I better get on the air. Who knows? Uh, somebody might be listening. Talk. This is bull capital S with a hit. Spoken here. You know a book I just read? What? The Hunger Games. Oh, that movie was Ooh. fantastic, but uh, I heard the book was way better. Mm, me too. It was fantastic, actually. Yeah, I just wish I could read it. I don't have time to read it, or any book, really. Yeah, well, it's just hard for Nate and I to, to get a book in, because with student teaching and, you know, with my job and everything. I get it, guys. I do. With being married and having a little girl and running a business, I'm busy all the time, too. That is why I listen to audiobooks on my MP3 player. It helps me stay in touch with books I want to read and allows me to fit it in between the rest of my responsibilities. That is why, for some of you listening to the Good, the Bad, and the Geeky podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. Oh, wow. I was able to sign up and get a free copy of a Game of Thrones. Do they have, like, a Bossy Pants by Tina Fey? You bet your sweet bippy they do. Awesome. So if you'd like to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash goodbaggeeky. Again, that's www.audibletrial.com forward slash goodbaggeeky for your free audiobook. Welcome out to the Good, the Bad, and the Geeky. Drew uh, on Wetzel TV edition finale special part one of two. That's right. Uh, this is... This is the first week of two consecutive drum TV, drum muscle TV weeks. That's right. I think we did, you know, like uh, a couple months ago just because they fit in the schedule. But this one's on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Drew Mutzel, and with me, as always, is your regular host and all-around, um, what, what should I call it, man of, oh, shoot, Renaissance man? No, there was a word I was going to use. Right. Something positive. Insert your positive descriptor here. Looks shithead. Like Let's go shithead. I like shithead. I feel that's a positive reinforcement to how I how I feel in life. And uh, I wasn't going to say shithead. I, I know you weren't. Actually, Renaissance Man is actually... I See, I like Renaissance Man. It makes me feel fancy. But there was another word that was more eloquent that what? met Renaissance Man. What? And 
I had it in my brain and then I lost it. No, it, but you know what? I will take Renaissance, man. Thank you very much. That was a very, very kind thing. I uh, I appreciate the Renaissanceiness of of it all. Um, renaissance of it? Yeah, renaissance Really, Da Vinci. It, thank you, thank you. Um, I create new words, just like Da Vinci creates helicopters. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, Da Vinci is probably, like, my biggest personal hero in history. Like, I really think he's just the bee's knees. He's the bee's knees. Would you like to talk to him and share knee slappers? I would. I wish somebody would give him a TV show. What, Da Vinci? I mean, like... Yeah, like they're doing Sherlock Holmes and fairy tale characters. Why don't they do a story about Da Vinci? The last time I remember anybody really tackling Da Vinci was when he was a reoccurring character on Star Trek Voyager, played by John Rice Davies. Well, what about Futurama? He wasn't reoccurring, but they had him where, uh, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> yeah, they had it the one time, but on Voyager, he did a number of episodes. That is true. Okay, yeah, that is true. I'm going to take your word for it. I didn't see. I didn't see all of Voyager. I, I wanted to. Neither did I. But it, it stood out to me. It was one of those things where the first year it was right when uh, the CW or WB came into focus. And yeah, I remember, UPN. Or UPN. Yeah, no, it was right. UPN. Yeah. Well, I remember. No, see, I remember Voyager though. I thought. Well, no, UPN was on Fox at first before it moved so over. UPN, to... Well, it depended on your networks, but UPN and. Columbus was on Fox for a bit, and then it went over. I don't remember the exact thing, but I remember that UPN was its own network on, like, satellite TV, and Voyager was their flagship show, and they launched the network. Voyager launched as well, and it was, like, the jewel in their cap. Right. And it ended up being, like, the number one show on satellite TV for a bit. It was, you know, it had its heyday. Right, and see, that was, I just remember, uh, that was that was actually the problem with all the Star Treks, even Next Generation. I remember even because it was syndicated, or at least Star Ooh. Trek Next Generation was, uh, and same yeah. with Deep Space Nine at first. Um, our local affiliate here in Columbus, which is Fox WTTE 28, they would have it on, I think, at like 9 and 10. And then... Uh, yeah, it was on at 10 because I couldn't stay up for it. Right. And it, it would, it would, they would move it... But like the last few seasons of Next Generation, they began to move it around uh, to different uh, nights. And I don't... I, I just remember that I got really mad because that was a show I would sit down and watch with my mom and dad, or my dad especially. And... Um, mm-hmm. And... Uh, and then Deep Space Nine was one of those ones where by the time I was paying attention, I just couldn't, uh, it, or no, they started moving that around too, because that was the big thing is they would air it right after Next Generation, and yeah. and then I think when season when Next Generation ended, season two of Deep Space Nine, and they I think they moved it to another night, to a time where I just would never watch TV. And, Vo- uh. and Voyager, they did the same thing too, and then uh, I think season two of Voyager, UPN was on our local, C- which is now the CW affiliate, which is like Who 53, or something like mm-hmm. that. And so then it, but even then I, you, I just never knew when it was on. So I felt poor Voyager. I, I feel bad for it a little bit because I, I, it never, because of that, I, I never got mm-hmm. to really get into it further. I, and I've heard it's a wonderful show. So I've seen about half of it and I really liked it. Uh, mostly the first half, but I saw the end and stuff. And I've seen about half of Next Generation. Well, about two thirds of the original series. And I'd say about one third of Enterprise. The only one I've seen all the way through is Deep Space Nine, which is my favorite. So, yeah, and, and now CBS owns Star Trek, so if there's another TV show, it's going to be a stupid fucking procedural. Well, but that's what now. And to, but to be fair, though, that's what most of the Star Treks were. The original was for sure. Next, Next generation, generation was, yes, it was, was to some extent. You're right; it was more procedural than the ones that came after it. But it had a lot of serial elements to it as well with the characters, and they had a lot of character development. 
And then Deep Space Nine was not serial at all. I mean, not procedural See, I didn't feel there was any character development in Next Generation until seasons two or three. It did. It was, you're right. It wasn't immediate. But by the time Next Generation went off the air, it was a lot of character development. Oh no, totally. Yeah, I, and because I, honestly, I my favorite is Next Generation. But but see, I think I think that's why that's I have fair. a soft. Oh, that's an excellent show. So right. Well, I, I think that's why. And in general, this goes for all TV shows. I think that's why some procedurals they're they're hit or miss. And like if you can't if you can't have a character, even though the character is sort of like rough around the edges, i.e., they don't do hard character work in every episode, but mm-hmm. but there's something about them that entices you. I will stick with a show a little bit later, even though I hate procedurals for the most part. Um, I will stick with it a little bit further, um, you know, and, and try to really give it a shot. And then, and, and usually by that time, that's when they do start delving into the characters a little bit more and everything like that. Um, and granted, though, you're playing, you're playing a fool's game because the more you watch, if you already like the characters, you know what I mean? It's always sort of a, but I, I digress. Uh, it, well, and that's why I like, and that's why I like Space Nine. They were in one place every week instead of, the other ones where they were traveling, right. they had a reoccurring cast of like fifty. I mean, it, and the politics and religion, and and there were so many layers to it, and just the lengths that they went to. I mean, it wasn't there were standalone episodes, but I wouldn't consider Deep Space Nine a procedural by any stretch of not nearly so much like the other ones. Well, I, I at least the first season, especially. I, I well, no, that's not true. It was sort of a procedural, just not with the. It, it was a case of the week kind of thing, which is what in was the happening season, in Deep Space. Well, a little bit of the season two when I watched it, because uh, I've got like four yeah. episodes in season two. Um, there were a lot more serial elements in the four episodes I watched, but I, I do remember there was a thing which is the case of the week is always who is the new person? Is it an ambassador? Is it someone that comes to Deep Space Nine? And what problems come with that? That in fact that was Deep that was early Deep Space Nine. Um, by season four, they were in full scale war, and by season four through the end, really. It was more about the larger plots right. instead of, like, you're right, it did start, like Next Generation, it started and grew into something better than... Right, but I, and I think that's all shows, I think that's the thing with, with all shows, like, I, I know you, you're not a fan of, of any of the CSIs, um, and no. granted, I did not watch the finale to CSI, even though I was very saddened to hear uh, that uh, the Nick character left, and he was one of my favorites. Um, was it because his name was Nick? Well, sort of, yeah, but, like, no, I, it's one of those things where, well, no, like, when when you watch the show, like, the thing about CSI, I remember, was that all the characters, they were charming, even though they weren't defined, like, a, like a, a really good show would be, like, like I love the show Numbers, um, and mm-hmm. I thought the brothers were, the brothers and the and the father and the best friend were all, very, uh, the, the professor's best friend was all very well defined, but in terms of the, the, the side cop characters, I thought they were not, and, of course, it's a procedural, so every week there's a case of the week, but they would always focus on the relationship between the brothers at the beginning and the end. They would take like five. That would be like the, it would be like the the tag, the beginning and ending tag of the show. So you always mm-hmm. get ten minutes of family banter and growing, and it. I liked that. CSI never did that though. It was always Grissom, which is now the joke for for the now canceled CSI Miami, which is you know dead bodies found. Grissom walks up to the scene and takes his glasses off or makes some kind of it's like uh, like they found a a, a a man who was killed who was who was uh, mentally ill mentally retarded mm-hmm. and he goes maybe whoever killed this boy was retarded or something like that it's, it's really stupid cliche lines but the guy who played him uh William I can't think of his name the guy who played Grissom he sold the line he sold the delivery 
And he, he, something about him, you don't know what it was, seemed interesting. And same thing with some of the other cast members. So it made you want to keep... And also, at the time, there was no show like CSI, which is that got really that in-depth with the science and forensics and stuff. So it was fucking cool. And then by that point, that was it by end of season uh, two... No, beginning of season one, uh, they began to put in plot points with some of the characters that you found interesting. So there was a, 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 a through plot thread, which is one of them mm-hmm. was a gambler and had drinking addiction problems and whatever, and he was trying to do the right thing. And at that point, it made you stick around so that you cared about all the characters, even though there wasn't it wasn't as good as some other shows, like Numbers or Deep Space Nine uh, among that. So I, I don't know. that, And I think that's it. Like Chuck, I love – we love Chuck dearly. But Chuck is a case-of-the-week procedural. But the characters... To an extent, but not, not 100% of the time. Like, you know, especially in the final season. Well, the final season, yeah, but that's five years. And at that point, they knew it was the end. You know what I mean? So they could get away with a little but bit more. Early in the show's run, too. And they brought in Chevy Chase and did several episodes with that plot. You know, I mean, it wasn't just... Well, I, I think all shows can do that. But, I mean, I, at the same time, it's still featured on a case of the week. Like, So even though Chevy Chase was there... We didn't know he was the bad guy. Well, no, we knew he was the bad guy at the very end of the episode kind of thing. But, you know, he it was still the next week Chevy Chase was there, but they were doing another case that would help them get to where they needed to get to Chevy Chase. And the next week was the case with Chevy Chase and so on and so forth. So it really is, when you break it down, it still is case of the week. It's just they fool us. They pull a magic veil going, no, 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 no. This is a larger mission. And you're like, hmm. You're right, it is. As long as they fool us, I forgive them for doing it. No, exactly. Well, and see that, and that's and that's what good entertainment should do. If at the time you're watching it, if it can pull, like, okay, um, uh, Heart of Dixie is a show that, um, and I said this before yes, we started recording. Yeah, to the finales. Cause yeah, I know we're cause eleven we minutes into family. Star Trek. Yeah. Um, well, like Heart of Dixie, for example, that is a show for those who read my Examiner review of it. Um, I, I wasn't lying about this. I don't, I'm not saying I would lie in any of my other reviews, but... Um, Usually Nick does lie in his reviews. I know, I'm such a out. fucking liar. Well, uh, no, I, I just... Uh, I, I don't like to review shows where I like the show a lot, and it's just nothing but me gushing over it, but the same... Or vice versa, where I like the show, but I don't really have anything to say about it. Like, mm-hmm. um, Game of Thrones is one example. Grand, that show hasn't ended yet, but I remember, literally, I was trying so hard to write what I wanted to say... And mm-hmm. it, all it did was mirror what I said the week before. It ended up becoming a recap. And I thought that's yeah. just not... I didn't, that's I didn't. where you got to pick an element of the episode and expound and give predictions. and you Because, know, yeah, you can't just gush for a whole article over and over again. I, well, that's it, what I'm saying is that all the things that I said that... Or, you know what I mean? The stuff like that mm-hmm. where I was trying to pinpoint... That was stuff I said in an earlier review. Yeah. So, and literally, it was like, uh, and so literally, I summed it up in a tweet, which was like, uh, duh, Game of Thrones is awesome. Uh, I have nothing else better to say than that right now. And and it's the same thing. Like, I, I, there is no reason for me to review Game of Thrones every week. And same thing with Heart of Dixie. Um, it, it, it knows what it is, which is, it's a, uh, 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 Patient of the Week soap opera with these Southern characters. Uh, but is there a Patient of the Week? There's a lot of weeks there's not really a patient. It's more her trying to fit into the town in some way. Well, but there usually is I a... Can, now, it's not I, a, I would say it's a beep a procedural. I would argue the Heart Dixie is not a procedural because it's not like there's a medical case just to solve. There are patients she sees. 
but the patient's never the focus, and it's never like yeah. a story built around the medical case. Well, I, it is purely whatever is going on in town that week. That is true. And how she interacts with the town folk. It is a shipper show. It's all about dramas and which character is going to be with which character. Oh, it's a soap opera. Right, exactly. So, yeah. And, but it does have the charming Gilmore Girls thing where there is a fully fleshed out town of supporting characters. They do, yes. And we're going to see over and over again, which they don't do as well as Gilmore Girls, but you can clearly see the parallels between some of Hunter Dixie's characters and Gilmore Girls' characters. Uh-huh. And it's that charm that, I mean, if Hunter Dixie was just about the soap opera of the, you know, five good-looking, youngish people hooking up with different people every week. Because mm-hmm. there were five stars, and now they've added Tim Matheson. But you know what I mean? Those five were the ones. That is a show that was, you know, okay, but nothing special. And by adding in the Gilmore Girls aspect, they really kind of raised it up a bit. They I did. love whatever's going on in the town this week, and which characters are going to pop in and say silly things. Right, like there's uh, the one bartender that works with Wade, the, the Asian girl. Mm-hmm. She sometimes she's yeah. there in Choi. the background. Zoe, but you, but you never not Chloe, uh, Chloe. You never see her that much. She doesn't say anything one week, but the next week she has nothing but stuff to say, and it's hilarious because she's usually making fun of Wade or Zoe or something. And the same thing with uh, was it Reginald Val Johnson, the guy who played uh, Earl mm-hmm. or Carl from uh, Family Matters. Uh, He's Family in the Matters, show. Yeah. yeah. So he's the Tyler character from uh, Taylor character from Gilmore Girls. Yeah. And they've got their credit, which is I can't remember the guy's name, but he was in a bunch of episodes at the end of the season, Tom or something. Who dated Wanda. Oh yeah, he was the guy who uh he's like uh he's like Levon, my knee is uh, is a is a shaken. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Those characters really bring the charm to the town. When they in the pilot, we had Nancy Travis there to do that. Then when Nancy Travis left, they kind of had to figure their way out. And so the, the beginning of the season, I don't think, was as good as the end. The further we got in the season, the more of these townsfolk they added. And that really made the show better than it was. Well, I, I think also LeVon was a good source of that, too. Um, because he did have the, the southern charm. Now, but I agree with you, yeah. Nancy Travis was a big part of that. And Now, do you think the show... If if they would have kept Nancy around, do you think the show would have been what it is now and just Nancy would be in it? Or do you think that they would have kept up where it was just sort of LeVon and Nancy or just Nancy and it might not have been as good? I think if Nancy had stuck around, they would have done something with her and Tim Matheson. Interesting. Yeah. Because that's just the way it would do. If she'd be part of the shipper cycle of characters, the soap opera aspect. Well, um, I just, that's what I see for her. As a, as a fan of Tim Matheson, I, um, cause he's in burn notice and he, he directs, he's a lot more, he directs a little bit more of just every, anything and everything. Um, mm-hmm. and I think maybe that's why he won't be, he won't be a main cast member, but. He was a main cast member. You didn't notice? They, by the end of the season, they started adding him to the main cast member list. Oh, really? No, I did not know yeah. that. Well, they yeah, don't. I think it was only like the last, I noticed it about three or four episodes from the end. Fantastic. Um, so I don't know when it happened, but he is a principal now. There are now six main characters instead of five. That is awesome because while I really liked the relationship he had with with, with Zoe, which is Rachel Bilson, uh, I really like their relationship. Um, it's, I do too, and I like the way it's developed. And I just want more of Gary Cole because Gary Cole and Tim Matheson, and I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they were both two of the vice presidents on the West Wing and two of my favorite character actors that pop up in every series I love. 
Yeah, so, they were in the Good Guys. Uh, uh, Matheson mm-hmm. wasn't, but um, but Cole was. He played the partner, um, and Matheson was in Burn Notice. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, well, and also he's in one of my favorite. It, to me, it's the original American Pie movie. Uh, but in college, it's a, a, he was in Animal House. He played Otter. Um, mm-hmm. it's just he's he's an awesome he's an awesome actor, and it's good to see him uh, get a little because there's sometimes actors go through droughts, or at least publicly they go through droughts, like. He could have been working yeah. the entire time, but I've not been aware of what stuff he's been doing. Um, and that, and again, not any disrespect in case he ever hears this, which I doubt, but you never know. Uh, it's just, but it's nice to see him getting a little bit more recognition, uh, playing tons of characters on hit shows. And because uh, I do all know that he's been directing behind the camera a little bit more too. Um, but yeah. still, I, I just, I, I just love him on Heart of Dixie. Um, uh, anytime Matheson or Gary Cole pop up anywhere, I really do consider them similar actors yeah. in the way I think of them. And not, that's not to say they can't be a shitty guy. I love that they're both on Heart of Dixie, uh, who's the main character and one is a reoccurring. But the more Gary Cole we get, the happier I'm going to be. Yeah, Gary. You know, Gary Cole was the dad in, in, in Kim Possible. I Random factoid. I didn't know that until the end of the series. Uh, I, I, that is a show I would like to watch someday. I've never seen it. Disney but, Disney has, will not release it. Are they released it on DVD for Disney? Said, yeah, I'll piss me off. Anyway, um, what well, other shows did you want to... Uh, uh, Community. Oh, my God. Which, that literally, yesterday or th- yesterday, it was announced... No, it was late last night. Uh, we're recording this a few days before this goes out. But um, Friday night, Dan they Harmon. released... Dan Harmon is no longer with the series. And, I know. and that is after an that amazing final three episodes. Now, granted, it was one episode, then 30 Rock, and then the last two episodes. Two more. Yeah, and two more. There were three standalone stories, though. It wasn't a three-parter or even a two-parter. Like, clearly, they thought they were there on three different weeks. Well, yes and no, but I will say that there was a bit of a through line um, in, in the, at least the last two. That in the line that were actually, but that through line was over like six episodes. That wasn't just for the two of them. That I is mean, true. The Shang Army story was over a number of episodes, and the final episode was set several months later. I don't know if you caught that, but it was set at the end of the summer. The final moments of the of the episode? No, not the final moments. The whole last episode was set like three months after the half hour right before it. No, I didn't notice that. Jeff was talking about taking his final for bi- the summer biology makeup course. Oh. That's the whole episode. So the whole thing was set like three months later. And it was, all three episodes though had very big themes of we're stronger together than apart and very self- sacrificing the self to the whole. All three episodes really focused on that. And they do that from time to time in community, but it felt more present in all three of those half hours than it has anywhere else. And other than one cut scene in the final moments when they were doing the flashes while they were doing the community, the other version of the community theme song, which was fantastic, mm-hmm. other than the flash of, like, Chang going to their rival college, and assumedly he's going to try to take that over and start a war against them. But other than that, I felt like it was a series finale. It was really designed to serve as a close to give closure have the show been canceled which thankfully it has not right it can go on just fine but it wrapped up what it needed to wrap up well i but that but that poses a more interesting question which is 
now that Harmon's gone, do, do you think the show will suffer? Or I mean, because let's put it this way: the show will not be the same. It, it'll have the same characters, um, but well, I don't know. I mean, Harmon's great, but I also feel like it seems like to me, and granted, I don't have personal knowledge of the subject, but it seems like that show has a team of writers that all contribute to the voice of the series. And while Harmon may definitely be one of those strong for unifying forces for the through lines, I'm trying to be optimistic and think that the writing staff he's hired and nurtured over these years are going to keep the quality up. Right, but I, I just, see, I, I don't really agree with that, though. I mean, I know you're trying to take an optimistic stance here, but... Um, well, you're the cynic, so go ahead. Give the yeah, I am the cynic. And, well, no, I, I just, uh, I don't know. Like, okay, if you watch the first season of Community and then you watch uh, the Community now, it's a completely different mm-hmm. show. And Absolutely. you can tell. I community at first. It was terrible. Well, and see, and I liked it. I, I liked it. It was. It felt like Scrubs a little bit. A little uh, bit. The first few episodes, really, the first half of season one, I did not care for that much. It wasn't until it got goofy that I started to like it. Right. And, and, but, and see, I, I don't know, like a part of me misses the idea of some of the, but see, that's the thing though, is that that was him fighting, that was Harmon fighting the dynamics of what he wanted to do with the show. Mm-hmm. And cause he doesn't like those typical stuff that they do in sitcoms and whatnot. That's not his forte. He likes doing other stuff, doing stuff against the grain and, you know, you can tell that season three, for all intents and purposes, was his was his season. You know what I mean? Because season one and two, even season two a little bit, felt a little bit like they were, you know what I mean? You could tell it, that maybe network interference a little bit, but this third season was just completely balls to the walls nuts. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, I thought season two was pretty balls to the wall too, but three did kick it up another notch. Right, and so... And I hope it stays that way. I mean, honestly, that those are their best bits. When they go into the holodeck with Abed, or, I'm sorry, Dreamatorium, <laughs> they do the six different timelines or seven timelines. Well, those are the best episodes of the series. I mean, the Abed one I know we discussed in the last episode just blew my mind. Right. And so, but, I, but see, I think that's the thing though is that Harmon is the guy who pushes for that. I, you know, well, what I'm saying is that behind will too. Well, when I, I I think the fear is that unless you have a strong showrunner. Um, and this is what I've gathered hearing from other showrunners, uh, including like Bill Lawrence, uh, other comments from Dan Harmon. He also stepped down as a showrunner in a totally different situation, but he did. Well, okay, I've not. Okay, I'm. I guess I'm missing what happened with that. The impression I got based on the statements I read and the articles I read, and again, I'm not in the situation was that Bill had always intended to step down after season three because he has... No but I heard Kevin stepping down, brothers. too. He is. So they, but they both said they would stay on as exec producers, and Lawrence said he doesn't currently have other... I mean, he's got that other sitcom, but he's not focused on any other productions right now, and he would. he's planning on still being very much involved. Okay. Just not show-running it. And see, I think that when you do that, I think... I don't know. I, I mean, his production company's behind the show, so he's he'll never. You know what I mean? He'll never not be there, and I get that. But well, his wife's not in it, so he's not going anywhere. Right, but I, I guess that okay. For example, Lawrence was there running Scrubs, but he really wasn't running the show. 
in the ninth season. Scrubs yeah. Med School. And I think yeah. that you lose you lose a lot from that. Like you can tell that and of course he defended the show uh uh up until very recently saying that oh I was totally behind, I was 100% behind Scrubs. And I remember I would get in arguments with PJ over that cuz PJ would say look he wasn't there. He wasn't running the show and and yeah. I was just going by what he was publicly saying which is it it's all me. It's all me. And then finally he started I think very slyly releasing in, on Twitter it's like Look, there was a really good guy running the show, and he was taking care of it. And I would step in and still like oversee stuff, but it, I was doing another show. You know, I, I couldn't really be yeah. there all the time. And again, I get that, but it's just like and I think the same. I'm afraid the same thing happening there too. Now, again, Bill and Kevin are openly stepping down, and the way I read in some of the tweets, but I didn't know why. I didn't see the articles or anything. I just saw it through tweet form, which is we're going to stick around for three fourths of the way through and then completely step down. That way we train somebody else and then we're gone. And yeah, I'm just like, exactly. what, what, what? Oh my God. And now, yeah. But, uh, how, back to Harmon. Um, well, no, yeah, that's what's very good. Lawrence has a, they haven't had their season finale yet. So we'll definitely talk about Cougie Dunn. Next well, week. Well, it won't even be for next, no, it won't be for next week. Cause it's oh, that's right. actually not going to air. Yeah. They still got a couple weeks left. Wow. Um, but we will get to Cougie Town after it ends, of course. But back to Harmon. He says that his stepping out has nothing to do with the Chevy Chase feud. But even if it doesn't, does his leaving mean Chevy's going to stay? Because it really felt like Chevy was gone because of the whole Dan Harmon thing. Well, here's the thing, too, is that I, you know, a lot of people are blaming NBC right now. And you don't, uh, and I read the article that Harmon posted in his blog post. And mm-hmm. I read the Vulture article. And I read a few other articles from uh, Daniel Feinberg at HitFix. Mm-hmm. And I know I've not read Seven Wall, and Seven Wall was on set this last year, I think, and got to see how they acted. And Harmon has been reportedly known for being an asshole, um, because even though he's a man full of good ideas, but he can't manage anybody. And um, and not just with, because apparently a lot of the people who love Harmon and are loyal to him, they don't care for the way he manages things. They they mm-hmm. don't find him to be a good showrunner. He's a man full of wonderful ideas. Just yeah. So um, it's not just with Chevy Chase. I, I think that that was a beginning. I think that was a beginning catalyst for it. Or you think that contributed to his leaving? Because I thought they were saying that it wasn't connected. Well, it wasn't connected, but I think I think it was a final nail in the coffin. Because initially, what happened was is that they initially tried to offer Harmon a contract for two years, um, mm-hmm. for season three and for season four if it gets picked up, and. Um, he apparently balked at that, saying, again, I'm, I might be misquoting a little bit, but from what I'm remembering is he balked at it, thinking that uh, it shows the studio's lack of commitment to him. Mm-hmm. Like he, want, he was expecting three years or if something really weird like that. So he just said, I'll just take one-year renewal and, and one-year renewal on my contract and on the show, and that's it. And then, of course... Yeah, he read a finale to... Yeah. To basically be the goodbye. Right, which was his version of it. I mean, that was a heck. Uh, do you agree with me? That could have been a series, a very satisfying series finale. I, I think so, yeah. I think so, yeah. I mean, totally. I'm glad it's not, but it, it was a very complete episode. Right. and I, But the thing is, though, is that the, the whole thing about the ending there was uh, the plan was they would do a movie. Um, well, I love that the ending hashtag six seasons of the movie. Right. Well, but that Which was the, been the mantra the whole time of the series. But. Right. And now that was, but supposedly that was the Harmon's plan was is that they would do a movie that would take place with the rest of the summer, showcasing how they got to that point in those final moments of the show. 
Okay. Because initially that was a, an idea he had for next season, which is mm-hmm. it would end with them in the same way or it would start off that way. Like they, it was like a time jump and you, we had no idea how they got there, but the movie would showcase that. And I think that Dan freaking out that he might not get a chance to do that in case they get canceled, wrote that in that way. And then was going to make the movie that little time frame where, how did Jeff get to the point where, where's his father? How did Chevy and, or I mean, uh, Pearson, uh, Shirley open the sandwich shop and make it be a success and so on and so yeah. forth. Um, but, but you notice the only thing, I don't remember them showing an ending for Amy or for, uh, 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 oh my God, what's her name? Uh, Annie. Annie, yeah. Yeah, Alison Brie had almost no major points in the last three episodes at all. Which I, so I found that to be a little interesting, but honestly, I, I think what I'm trying to say though is my fear is that the writers are going to come in, they're going to try really hard, they're going to do some of the same stuff that Harmon did, like the Dreamatorium and stuff like that, but, it won't be as wacky and zany, and there will be a little bit more of a through line. Um, and again, I, we like that kind of stuff, but yeah. I think at the same time, it might lose a little something in the process. Well, you're the cynic. I'm the optimist. We'll just have to wait and see. Right. But I am. I'll go ahead and announce it here. Um, you know, I do one weekly column so far. Every week, I write about Glee. Yeah. About Glee economics. Yeah. Uh, I talked to Barbara last night, and. As soon as we get through this finale craziness, I'll be starting a community column, and I'm going to go back to the beginning of the show, because I don't think it's coming back to, like, January. Oh, yeah. It'll be mid-season. So I'm going to try to get through the first three seasons and review any episodes I haven't reviewed. And so I will have a community column and try to be covering every episode here, the Very same way I do with Glee. Very awesome, man. Well, well you've heard it here first, folks, uh, blog critics. <laughs> um, very cool. And also, I think we should we should mention this real quick. You are now oh, exclusively. Oh my God! Change the status. What's that? Are you talking about that? Okay, go ahead. Sorry, finish what you're. No, saying. I was going to say you're on TV King exclusively, besides yeah. the two articles on Blog Critics. Yeah, I'm going to try to write about three articles a week for Blog Critics. Um, but and I, I have been contributing six articles a week to the TV King, so it's not like I haven't had a presence. But I officially accept I haven't told them I'm done with Examiner. Yeah. I haven't told them because I still want to reap the money from traffic as long as I can. And I figure they'll catch me in a month or so, too. But for now, I'm hoping to keep earning the money. And as soon as they catch me, I don't think I'll even get a paycheck that month. I'm pretty sure their laws and their rules are we just cut you off and we just keep reaping the ad rewards for your work but don't pay you for it. Because that's one of the many re- ways Examiner is evil and a terrible company to work for. Uh-huh. And I got really fed up and just when the TV King was looking for more commitment and more um, uh, articles there first, because generally I post them on Examiner first, because whoever you post them first is going to get the higher traffic rate. And anything that goes on blog critics goes on blog critics first, but everything else is going on Examiner first. Right. And so TV King wanted to get in on some of the first action to build their leadership. Um, and I was one of the first writers on the TV King, and I... I dare say I contribute more than anyone. I mean, obviously not Chris, the site runner, but in terms of articles. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, it's, his, it's his baby. He's doing an awesome job. Yes, uh, he is. He's such a pleasure to work for. Just couldn't, couldn't be nicer guy. Well, let's just um, say that maybe Nick might be joining uh, the, the, the the royalty around the TV King. I'm just saying that. Like, uh, you're the Duke and I'll be the Joker. Well, I, I 
brought you to Examiner, so you need to follow me now that I've I know, right? to them well, and it, go to TV King. Yeah, I know. Well, I, I might do one of those things where I might just uh, try to do what you do, which is uh, do like a specific article type on uh, Examiner. That way I still get my articles in them. Um, uh, you know, oh, no. They, they're doing a little methodology article local thing. I don't know if you saw that. Basically, Examiner is looking for new ways to screw their writers even more. And I'm just sick of it. So, I agree. TV King's offer came in an opportune time when I was getting tired. Sure. And honestly, at this point, I've been doing so many battles with Examiner that it was making the TV reviewing feel like a chore instead of a joy. I kind of lost the magic of it. And immediately, as soon as I stopped writing for Examiner, the weight lifted. And it's been such a pleasure again. And, of course, that's thank you very much to Chris at the TV King because right. I credit him with getting me out of that situation. Sure. Well, I was just trying to – I didn't mean for us to go on an examiner rant, which is fine, though, because they, they suck. But I was just trying to say, I was like, uh, congratulations, though. You are now, for the most part, almost exclusively uh, for general TV shows, for all general TV, you're, you're at um, uh, TV King. Yeah, my Glee column will still be on Blog Critics First. Most of my DVD reviews will still be on Blog Critics First. And Community will probably still will be on Blog Critics First. But pretty much everything else, and I do write – far more than three articles a week uh, if you follow what I do. Oh, my God, um, yeah. We'll be get... TV King first. So TV King is going to be my main focus in terms of that. But, of course, I'm still going to save a special place for blog critics because they've been really good to me. They're a really awesome site. And I think we're going to have Barbara back on the show here real soon to talk about yeah. the values of house and once upon a time. So we won't even get into once upon a time tonight other than to say that it was pretty cool. Okay. Um, what other what other finales have aired that you would like to um, chat about? Well, we're, well since we're in the community, we should talk about Thirty Rock. Um, I did not I, see this watched? yet, but but no, I, I'm I'm okay if you spoil me on it because I have it taped and it's only thirty minutes. I can watch it pretty quick, and I don't think I'll be surprised. But well, it's called the final episode of this season was called "What Will the Gang Do Next Year" or something to that effect. And basically, what they did was set up everybody's final stories which it was pretty darn cool. I mean, Liz, you know how she's been talking about having a plant with Chris because she can't say baby. She makes a commitment to stay with Chris, and she starts using the word baby. And Jack's marriage to Avery dissolves in a horrific mess, which we all knew it was about to with everything that happened. Oh, wow. um, and great appearance by Margaret Cho as Kim Jong-il. Fantastic. But wow. Shout out to her. But, uh, I mean, it dissolves in a total mess. And they go to a scene, and this really was pivotal in my mind, where Jack and Liz, are, Jack comes to Liz, and he's like, I can't be your mentor anymore. I can't advise you. What right do I have? You have your life together now, and mine's a mess. And Liz said, give me your advice anyway. And it was very much a, she knows she doesn't need it anymore, but she's going to preserve his dignity in that relationship. Right. Um, Tracy... Is all starting on a whole new career path. He wants to be the next Tyler Perry, although they may not stick with that. You know how Who Tracy is, is. Oh, Tracy, Tracy. First and then, of course, Hazel and Kenneth made out. So I think Kenneth's going to go down a dark path here. Wait a minute, who did? Sex. Kenneth and Hazel. Hazel is the other page, right? Yes, Kristen Shaw from The Daily Show, Mobsburgers. Yeah. Stuff. Okay. Good. Well, so, good. I, I thought those two might get together, even though I. I like Kristen Shaw's character in the show. Uh, I don't... I don't like her character so much, but I love the actress, so... Well, I love the actress, and I sort of like her character in the show, but I, I, I don't think in the long run... I still wish that... Uh, what's her name? What was the blonde's name uh, that 
liked Kenneth, and Kenneth liked her. I don't remember. The secretary, like, she's sort of there sometimes, but she's not. I always thought that those two should have gotten together. Um, Kenneth and the secretary, I thought she got married. Yeah, she was one of those three weddings they did like two years ago. Right, and I, yeah, and I, I just thought that was pretty. What the fuck are you doing? Sorry, was my ice loud? I apologize. I yeah, that's ice. really fucking loud. I was refreshing my beverage. It's. Yeah, this I'm is why you're prepared, thing. fool. You refresh your beverage before. I did, but we've been on the phone for forty-five minutes, so. Well, excuse me. Oh my. We should, um, but no, Sherry Rock. Uh, just really put Liz in a nice place and started to set up the final arcs. Because they're only doing 13 episodes, so we'll be dead in the fall. So is the early um, show then canceled? The community. Yeah, no, the way that made it out is that it's the final season. No, no. For, they're doing 13 episodes in the fall, it'll be done by Christmas. No, I'm talking about the girly show. Oh, no, the TGS, they haven't said anything about that, but I imagine it'll get canceled. What about and Jenna? Really, that's the only way Liz is going to get a happy ending, if she gets out of that mess. Well, what, what about Jenna, though? Jenna really did have a part in the finale, which is okay, because now we know she's with Paul, and they're getting married, and whatever. And honestly, I thought, okay, like, I loved her, I liked her character, but I never loved her. I always thought she was good doing smaller, menial stuff in the background. But well, she's had a heck of a season this year. Well, she had, I, and that's the thing, I, I, I like to say this about Third Rock, too, is that around season, what season, this is season five or six? This one, I believe, was six. It was the middle, towards the end of season four, I got really frustrated with 30 Rock. and It did. It suffered right around there. I agree. And it, it wasn't that it wasn't funny. It's, it was like The Simpsons. And I say this with all love and respect. It was like The Simpsons, which is it's funny. Um, it's one of the best written shows on TV yet. I, I was getting tired of it. It felt very... The th- reasons why I was watching the show, it, it wasn't about that anymore. It became something else. And again, it's okay when a show becomes something else, but it became too much the Liz and Jack show. And I liked mm-hmm. it when it's the Liz and Jack show starting the cast of the girly show. Which is, and then, because I remember someone last year uh, was telling me, you know, Matt Damon is coming on and it's getting a little bit better. You should really watch it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, but it's like How I Met Your Mother. The show's funny. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just... I well, I'll get to How I Met Your Mother in a minute, definitely. But, yeah. Continue, sorry. No, no, you're fine. I, I, it's just one of those shows where I gave up on it, and then someone said, look, you really missed out on the last season of 30 Rock, uh, especially when uh, she broke up with Matt Damon. And and I actually happened to catch that episode where, they, where he's on the plane with her, or she's on the plane with mm-hmm. him. And, uh, they, and it was the one of the funniest episodes I've seen in a long time. Oh. And, well, this whole season's been good. Right, and so I did start watching the season, but then it became... The same thing, which is I got so backed up with some things that I had to make a choice, and Thirty Rock got pushed yeah. aside. Um, but I mean, I did om- I did watch almost every single episode, or I tried to make time to watch every single episode because Thirty Rock had returned to its for- to what I felt to its formal glory, which is season two, season three. Um, I prefer I season can... one a lot better, but um, season two and season three was actually very good too. So uh, I completely agree with you. Yeah. Absolutely, it had a lot. It's recovered. And I'm liking that they're going to go out while they're still on top. Mm-hmm. I agree. Rather than go back to the law, well, the law that they had before. You you mentioned this, and I didn't. I'll be honest. I didn't. I don't. I don't tape it anymore because I I'm so put off oh. with it. How I met your mother. What happened? Oh, real, real quick, one more thing about. Oh, sure, sure. I'm sorry. Yeah, move on. Uh, at the end, they had Kim Jong Il talking to the camera uh-huh. about you know the series, and he's like, "Liz and Jack need to end up together." Huh. 
And, but seriously, he did. And I just, I don't think that's where they're going to go with it, and they shouldn't, but it was a really nice throwback to what almost happened in the season one-ish before they abandoned it completely. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's yeah. Like, they all do it. We're writing this. And he like names a couple other shows, and he's like, they need to get end up together, but... Um, that's not worth it. That's right. I hope she stays with Chris, with James Marston. Uh, it's a nice relationship. Right. Uh, but yes, How Your Mother. Yeah. How Your Mother's been recovered quite a... I mean, it's... I wouldn't say it's as good as it was in the first couple of seasons, but it's much better than it was a couple of years ago. Okay. It's recovered considerably because the early seasons, it was about goofy humor with some heart thrown in. Right. And then it became just goofy humor, and that's when it sucked. And the last, like, year and a half, they've really stepped up the drama elements and the heart part of it. And they had to, because the characters are growing and maturing. And it's really worked for them. I mean, Marshall's dad's death was big. Um, This season with the Ted Robin thing, rearing its head again, and Barney being in a serious relationship with Quinn. Uh... However, I have to admit, I was a little disappointed when we saw at the end that Barney's bride was Robin and not Quinn. And that just tells you how far we've come because I used to root for Robin and Barney 100%. And then I saw Robin there and I'm like, why is it not Quinn? See, I, I think that's my problem is that for a concept of a show, I, and, and you know, it, to me, it's just an excuse anymore that I don't like. I don't care for it. And I guess, again, maybe it's me being cynical, but you did nothing but praise the show. And I didn't care for the pilot. And that was back when I usually watched the pilot and I gave up. I didn't watch uh, the episodes. pilot I felt such a personal connection with. Being in the same situation as Ted. Not right. best friend getting married, but being at a point in my life where I was ready to get married and having kids and had no prospects. Right. And I... Which now I've been happily married for almost three years. So way to get that yeah. in there, Jimmy. Way to get that in. Um, <laughs> I uh, how close is your wife, by the way, in, in the vicinity of you talking right now? Uh, let me just throw uh, that. Out she's there. not within earshot. I'm wandering around outside. Okay, um, I'm not in studio tonight, folks. Oh well, well I, wow! I don't think anyone could tell that with you talking on the phone. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. But no, I, I really, um, I really, uh, I. You spoke so highly of the show, and it was one of those things where I, I began to realize that I would give up on shows too easily. And mm-hmm. um, I, I did go back and started watching the show, I think, about three years ago. And it was one of the funniest shows until they had a lot of heart behind it. And I really cared mm-hmm. for what was going on. And you would tell me about stuff I've missed, and I would go back. And I would, I would watch the show from the beginning on reruns wow. and syndication, and it, was, and it was a good show, and I really liked it. But... And, and and then and anytime the the, the the guys who created the show they and you could tell they really love the show they really care about it and they would just mm-hmm. go on and on and on and it's like look we're probably going to get to the mother here shortly we're going to get do this we're going to do that oh, no. and 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 then the show the the year I started watching the show it's like anyone and everyone started actually watching the show because it was mm-hmm. one of those shows that was always on the bubble and and yeah. it would slowly get bigger every year but this year it was like huge numbers compared to what it was. And now, then he got like a, was it a three-year, four-year pickup or something no. crazy? No, we got a two-year pickup last year, so that extends through next year. Well, okay, well, that's what it was. And, and at the time, I was like, you have got to be fucking kidding me. We will never 
fucking learn who this mother is and it's going to drive me insane. I and I know, and I know deep down and I get it that the, that Ted lies, the narrator lies. And, but that right now I'm only looking at that at that point of the writers going, how much longer with our ratings can we keep the show going? Well, and, no, but see, here's the thing. Well, you are looking at the Ted lies and he lies about, about silly things. He doesn't lie about the important things. Well, no, right, because has, it's... it's a, it, he doesn't lie. His memory is fuzzy as anybody's would be. No, 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 and I, and I get that. And again, I, and, and, and it, at first glance, and the first few mm-hmm. times it happens, it's, it's a genius conceit. I mm-hmm. love it. It makes me wish I fucking thought of it. Uh, the unreliable narrator. I love that. It's a wonderful writing technique. But when the show He's just keeps... He's not that the, unreliable. No, he's not that unreliable, but, like, they when the the show writers come out and, and very ber- verbally say that, yes, he is unreliable, he's, he's an unreliable narrator, um, which is don't always take for granted or uh, take for granted what he says sometimes because he's mostly telling the truth. But remember, this is just Ted's side of the story. What if there's another side of the story? And I'm just going and, – yeah, and, and then they true. started changing and they really started, you know, bantering that – banging that drum – Right when they mm-hmm. got the two-year pickup, when then it became very evident that this show was not going to stop, it's not going to slow down, it's just going to keep on fucking going. And this was also but, at the time they got Robin and Barney together, who I thought, like you, should have been together. Now I, I don't, I have no judgment on Quinn. I, I've seen her, I've seen a few of the episodes. I love her. I love their ugly Betty. I love her. I make mother. And she's and Becky Newton. She's fantastic. The episodes again, they're funny. I, I just. Uh, well, uh, they spent a whole new life this past year or so because they now, once they started bringing in Barney's wedding into it two years ago, it got new life because we know that there's an endpoint to certain stories. And the impression that I get from recent interviews is that Barney's wedding will be next year's season finale. And they've already said that Ted meets the mother at Barney's wedding. Now, they have talked about continuing the show past him meeting the mother so we can see them date. But there's a very specific point they're building to now, which does give the show a lot more oomph than it had when it was just treading water. Right. And I, I guess I, I guess that's where I, I'm just I'm just tired of it. And maybe and again, it's not a bad show and I, I just I, I'm, I'm just tired of Lily and Marshall. The birth episode was terrible. But for the most part it's good. And the Victoria, bringing Victoria back was a stroke of genius because that was the best part of the show when Ted was dating Victoria. Which one was and Victoria? This season, the cupcake baker from season one. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. And in this year's season finale, he ran off into the sunset with Victoria. Okay. Because um, they brought her back this year a couple of times. And they said she would play a very important part in how he met the mother. They always intended to bring her back. And she, Ted called her to talk to her because Robin said, you know, you haven't dated anybody that's been mother material since Victoria. You're just shooting yourself in the foot and not going anywhere, which is true. So he called Victoria and said, you want to talk? And she said, okay. And she showed up in a wedding dress. It was the day of her wedding. And she asked Ted to run away with her. And he said no, and so did I to the church. And then he drove past the church and kept on going. Wow. Okay. Which we know he won't marry Victoria, which I'm a little disappointed because I love Victoria. But they are studying, they have been working towards an end point. Now, 
once he meets the mother and they do Barney and Robin's wedding, that may not be the finale of the series, which and, it should be, but it may not be. And that's fine. I, I think that in terms of the whole thing, which is how I, I just think it's just like, it just feels, it just drags on. And, you it's drags on in the middle. It's not dragging on now, other than the occasional bad episode like The Birth. Right, and I, I just, I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I'm just tired of it. And may, again, maybe that's <sighs> just me cynical. Uh, but again, though, but well, that's the thing though is that uh, people, people talked up very highly about Thirty Rock after you know, and, uh-huh. and, and I guess the other thing is that besides you, Jimmy, no uh-huh. one really else that I value as a critic um, or value their opinion of, they don't speak highly of the show anymore. It's just like, it's, oh, yeah. it's an okay show. It's very funny. It's a good way to kill 30 minutes. And I'm like, I don't want to feel that way when I watch that show. When I first watched that show, it was one of the funniest shows I'd watch every year. Like, I loved Slapsgiving. I thought that was one of the best concepts. Oh, yeah. Every, yeah, yeah. And uh, I think what they did for, they, they did it so many times, like they promised they would. And then, and then, yeah. And, but I, I just, it, yeah, I don't know. I'm cynical about it. So I, I guess I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not, and I, that's the other thing too, is I had not heard other respectable opinions where it said you should start watching the show again, besides you, of yeah. course. So I, I mean, maybe I'll, I'll give it a shot next season and see how it goes. But if not, you know, I, I have other stuff that I think would be more valuable for my time to watch. Well, it's still not as good as its heyday, but it's a lot better than it was. And I got to see how it ends. Okay. So, I mean, I'm totally done with Lily's character. I've been done with Lily's character for a long time, which is funny because she was the biggest draw for me when I started watching it. Yeah. But, but yeah. She, I don't like her character. I'm sorry. I mean, I don't know that it's her fault, but I don't like her character. Yeah, Lily does sort of rub me the wrong way. And I, I, I like, I think I just like Marshall. Marshall is I, like a much more masculine version of me. Marshall was my favorite for a while, but Barney with Quinn has been so good. Really? So good. So right. I love Barney and Quinn together because Barney got serious about a woman. Like, really got serious about her. Like, he proposed in the season finale, which is another reason why I'm upset she wasn't the bride. Oh, wow. And she said, except, she said yes. So how he gets from Quinn to Robin in the next year is going to be interesting. I doubt they're going to keep Quinn around that long, unfortunately. Yeah. But And Robbins was separate from the cast for a lot of the season because her and Kev went on speaking trips, and so she was off by herself. Because they finally tied up the Ted Robbins story once and for all. He confessed his love, and she rejected him, and then he realized he wanted to be rejected. She wasn't right for him, and it was it was rough going, but it was really good. Wow. So I don't know, but that's just that's just my opinion. Um, well, sure. We're, we're running out of time. We want to let's run through a couple ones real quick. Sure. The Office, Robert California is gone. Jim, Pam, Andy might be gone. We're waiting to see. Kelly's gone. Ryan may be gone. White's going to get his own spinoff. Is The Office even worth watching anymore? I I don't think so. No, I watched the okay. I watched the well, no I watched the finale yeah. and I just uh, I I still feel the same way about it, which is they need this last season, which I read an article by the way. They are I think all returning um, except for Mindy and uh, Mindy. Did they finally sign them? Okay. Yeah. Well, Dwight's spinoff's not coming season, so okay, I'm so guessing he'll gonna, be back in the fall. Exactly, he will be back in the fall, and then he'll spin off into his own show. Um, yeah. But I. 
I just didn't care for it. I, I, I still think I, I'm I'm sorry. I know you and PJ. It's sort of still transitional. Time. This whole year has still been transitional, and until it settles down, I can't decide if I like it or not. Yeah, and I, and I think that's the problem. It's like I think they were so nervous that they made it a transitional year in, instead of like just a few ah. transitional episodes. And I just and, and, and Catherine I, Kate's probably returning next year, which does not make me happy. So right, well, I didn't like her to begin with. I thought she was one of the worst. I I wish Ray Romano. Yeah, she was bad. She was bad. I agree. You know, you know what? Now Ray Romano's free from uh uh. uh, uh, uh he was the best interview. He really he, was. He really was. Oh my god! Yeah, it's like. He's like, are you? Other than you know Jim Carrey being the Scranton Strangler, that was pretty cool too. Oh right, uh, yeah, exactly, yeah. I, I just... okay, but yeah, we sorry. No, no, you're fine. Yeah. Oh, so Office overall, I still say uh, pass. I mean, next season it looks like it might be its last, really. So I'll 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 sort of watch it, but I don't really care for it anymore. Parks and Rec. I don't watch that show. Um, <gasps> no, no, I I know, I know. And everyone, I, I'm one of those people, though, that I, I really do try to get through the first season. And I know well, you and I both have that problem, which is I've, I'm trying to sell you on Fairly Legal. And uh, you've... Uh, no, I know. I'm I know. still not convinced. I know you're not. But what I'm trying to say, though, is that, uh, like, you skipped all of the, almost half the first season of White Collar, didn't you? Not on purpose. I skipped the first half of the season, but not on purpose. Because the first episode... Was good. The second episode, I could feel certain procedural sucks. I tuned out. But when it came back mid-season, I was told it was good. Got to watch all the mid-season second half episodes. Now I wish I I could see those like four or five episodes I missed. And now I love White Collar. Right. But what I'm trying to get at is that you are a little bit more open to missing a few episodes in between. And I am not usually. No, not not not. usually. But I mean, you, you will make exceptions to it. And a lot of people have told me I should watch Parks and Rec. From season two onward, but yep. season one is short. You can sit through it. Well, that's the thing though is that I don't like Amy Poehler. I think she's one of the most unfunny actresses ever. And I kind of agree with you, which will probably get us both hung I, from a tree. I know, I know, and, I, and it's nothing against her. If she plays it straight in terms of like a, a dramatic role or whatever, where there's no f- comedy well, in it, I have no. I think she's actually pretty good. The problem is that she's always playing these these roles trying to be funny. And a matter of fact, I remember, here's a perfect example of, uh, of, of how I find her not funny, which is she did a, like, a National Lampoon movie with, uh, I forget, Rachel Dratch and some other people. Her yeah. husband had a cameo in the movie. It wasn't Will Arnett. Yeah, Will Arnett. And I love Will Arnett, but I don't love him all the time. It just depends on the role. Yeah. But, I mean, he can, he, he can actually make it funny when it's not funny. And she was in a scene with her husband and God love them both. He was the only thing that, that made the scene work. She was so not funny. And she's not, but the rest of the cast on that show is fantastic. Right. Well, especially, uh, was it Ron Swanson? I, I hear, I, I Ron Swanson Swanson and it makes uh, me laugh. So I, well, he's great, but so is April, Aubrey Plaza. So is Andy who was a lame character in the first season, but has become great. So is Donna and Jerry, who are like the Oscar and Angelina, you know, the side characters, but they're in like every episode. Aziz and Siley as great as Tom, and the other everyone that's boring, Rashida Jones, who was on The Office, is boring. But then they added in Rob Lowe and Adam Scott, who are both fantastic, and they've really taken some bold steps. The season ended with Leslie winning an election, so she will no longer be with the Parks Department. Oh, wow. She'll be serving for the city council. 
which I'm sure will still make part of her job focus, the parks. So she'll still be involved, but it's going to be a major shakeup in terms of who's where. And Catherine Hahn's been on through the last half of the season. Her and Paul Red did a huge arc, and I'm thinking she's going to return in next season with Adam Scott's character who goes to D.C. to work for her for six months. So, I mean, there's some big, bold moves that have been really satisfying, and it's really funny. Really, my wife only watches a handful of shows, and she loves that show. Wow. So, you need to get on board. Even if season one sucks, you can skip it if you want. I, I liked it. I just didn't think it was, I thought it was good, not great. Um, but after season one, it was, it's wonderful. You should totally get into it. Right. I'll, I'll uh, do that. Smash was a smash. Really? I've, I've heard it was, I've, I, I don't know. I, well, there's, there's been a struggle with defining who the characters are and their relationships in season one, and they've changed direction several times. But the one thing I haven't seen complained about is the music and actual stuff for the show within the show. Like some of the, pop songs they've done, which they don't do that many of, have gotten complaints. But the actual Maryland musical numbers have been fantastic. And they did a whole finale to the musical we hadn't seen before in the finale. That was really good. And actually, the finale episode as a whole was pretty darn good. They had some great developments with who was going to play Maryland, and the bad guy kind of got his due a little bit, even though he's going to return to stir up more trouble in season two. Who was um, the bad guy? Ellis the assistant he's been the bad guy the whole time like he I mean there's no like villain villain but he's nobody likes him he's annoying he's always causing trouble and it came out that he purposely poisoned Uma Thurman to get her off the show he admitted to it saying you should thank me I saved your production and so he got fired but he's gonna sue because he came up with the idea for Marilyn, which basically means he just said, you should write a musical about Marilyn. And I know he's going to sue and try to take credit for the whole thing, even though he did nothing to help create it other than suggest they do a musical about Marilyn. No, you're right. Because I, 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 I did watch the four episodes of it, and then I, it was on the yeah. where I got behind, and it, I just didn't care. To... Well, it's had an uneven season, but it's been overall I've liked it, and they're bringing in a new show, rather, is it? tried and true show in the next year so it should be better um but yeah i like it once upon a time was fantastic oh desperate housewives series finale oh by the way the, well i have a question mm-hmm. though who who yep. got to play Marilyn? uh catherine mcphee but they kept you guessing till the final moments of the episode whether it was gonna be her or ivy and ivy was contemplating a handful of pills which would make her even more like Marilyn as the season came to an end Wow. So we'll see. Okay, um, so yeah, Desperate Housewives. Serious finale. Everybody yeah. moved away from the land and lived happily ever after. You think that's a, an ending that you liked, or do you feel disappointed? I was disappointed initially that they didn't get to go all together playing cards, but as Terry Hatcher was driving away from the lane, and they brought back a large number of characters that have been killed off all the way back from season one. Mm-hmm. Like all those Marsha Cross's husbands and everybody and tons of like guest characters and stuff. I mean, they didn't bring Nicholas Sheridan because of all court crap. But lots of people that have been killed off, even people I'd forgotten about, were all standing there in white like ghosts of the lane. And it made me realize that lane is full of murder and mayhem. And anybody that stays on that lane is going to stay caught up in that crap. And so by showing each of the ladies move on and move away and live happily ever after, I'm like, the only way they could have lived happily ever after is to leave. So 
It worked. It worked very, very well. And McCluskey's death was horrible. It was so sad, but it was coming. You saw it coming from a mile away. She had cancer. She wasn't doing well. She was old. It was sad, but it was a good finale. I mean, obviously this last season hasn't been great overall, but they really ended it well. Well, that's good. I mean, which, which character do you thought had the better ending out of all of them? Even though they all moved away out of the lane, which one did you think had the better ending out that showed? Was it Felisa Huffman or was it uh, Terry Hatcher? Or Well, Terry Hatcher is the one we did see a future for because she was moving away to help her pregnant daughter raise her kid. So that's kind of where they stopped it. She got to drive past all the ghosts. That was her ending. Uh-huh. But I liked all three of the other ones. Like Felicity Huffman... And her husband moved to the big city where she was a CEO in New York City, which was nice. And then she grew old and got to play with her grandkids in Central Park. And Marsha Cross married Scott Bakula and moved to Kentucky and became, like, the woman she always would be, you know, the society woman, um, and ran for office and everything. And then Eva Longoria created this, like, online fashion site that made her rich. Her and her husband moved to L.A. where they bickered for the rest of their days, but that's what made their marriage so great, that they could bicker, but that was just a way of showing their love. So, I mean, they all had really good endings. Good. Yeah. So, I liked it very much. And they brought back Dana Delaney for the last couple hours. Who doesn't like Della Delaney? I don't, I don't really care for her reemergence, but she was there to kick off Felicity Huffman's final plot. So, I was just disappointed she didn't return with Julie Benz because they left and I thought they had a happy ever after. Instead, Dana Delaney is like, yeah, she got me and I'm miserable and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, that part, so, yeah. That sort of sucks. It did. She was kind of a bitch. I was like, oh, Catherine wasn't that much of a bitch when she was there. Um, I don't think there's any other shows when you do it. House hasn't aired yet. It will have by the time this episode goes live. We'll talk about that in Once Upon a Time with Barbara. Um, I'm not caught up on Grace Anatomy, Private Practice, or Gossip Girl, or Scandal. I'm really trying hard, but I'm still behind. Yeah, me too. Uh, I have all the episodes taped. And uh, I am trying also very desperately to get to the end of In Plain Sight, which has had its series finale. Um, matter of fact, we sort of oh, talked about this the other day, but I, I, I'm trying just really hard. It's, it's just really difficult. But yeah, what else were you going to say? Uh, I stopped watching that season one. The last thing I want to say is also this week, before we do another taping, I will be heading to Toronto to visit the set of suits. Thank you so much to the public PR company and USA for paying for my trip. And I will have lots to talk about next week about suits. And I will see the season two premiere and get to talk to cast and crew and just, you know, all the cool stuff that yeah, goes with that. You son of a bitch. <laughs> well, actually, it's not. that's not your fault. It's more Nick doesn't have his passport ready in time. Uh, yeah, they'll teach you to have an expired passport, I even know. if you have no use. I have no use for it for the last 15 you years. you get, a, get a, a trip offered to you with less than a week to prepare to go. Yeah, so, but no, I, that's very awesome, man. And you, we'll, we'll talk about that, and uh, hope we'll have Barb on the show as well so we can talk cows and also finish the rest of our discussion about season finales. And we're maybe talking about Glee, which has been really good, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's not just cynicism. That's just pure hatred of the show coming out. Oh, um, no, it's been good. Uh, you keep thinking that there, sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but we'll talk about that next week on the next Good, the Bad, the Geeky, uh, uh, Jerome Wetzel TV. Um, and if there's any shows we didn't talk about, because I know there are a lot of finales we don't have time to get to, but you want to hear our opinions on, email us at goodbadgeeky at gmail.com, and we'll talk about them on next week's episode. There you go. Uh, all right, everybody, uh, thanks for listening. Good night.
time. We're having a good time until you shut up, cheapers. Uh, do have some coffee with cream or something, because I'll tell you something. This is a happy place. What the fuck am I supposed to say? <laughs> what the song is that?